Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 273 in the Nerd Garage. I was just fascinated with watching our guest eat his yogurt lewdly. There was some very <laughs> lewd yogurt eating that just happened. If you're going to eat yogurt, you have to do it lewdly. There's really no other choice. Well, I think we're going to have to take this up with HR. We're going to have yeah, to go to yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to get you into the CFN HR office. Our guest was telling us a story about how a customer had told him he was eating his, his yogurt lewdly, which is such an odd complaint to make. Like, loudly, maybe inappropriately, yes. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's even go with just like, you know what? I just don't like the way you're eating the yogurt. Certainly. But to go right all the way to lewd, the, there's something wrong with that person. Well, I'll tell you this, too, especially because the, 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 my place of business is inherently sauce-based. Right. So everybody's got a mouthful of fucking thumbs at all times. So what the fuck are you complaining about? Look around at every other goddamn table. People are licking each other's faces because there's goddamn sauce dripping off their chins. Give me a fucking break. The whole joint's a Jenna Jameson movie. So you're going to fucking single me out for eating yogurt? Get fucking bombed. Is this? Is the, I hope that's in there like... Uh, LLC documents. This is a sauce-based miscompany. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Folks, that is the... Uh, we have, we keep saying our guest. We might just maybe call him by name. Why not? Mike Schmidt. Hi. Mikey Lude Yogurt Schmidt. Do I, have yeah. to sign, like, do I have to sign a fucking grease pen board like that old show? Yeah. Let's do it. So this is episode 273. Yeah. A lot going on. Boom. And uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of movies. We're going to be talking about Jurassic World yes. and Love and Mercy and, of course, Earbuds. And you told Mike we cut him out of the movie, right? Yeah, completely okay, cut out of great. the movie. We're going to tell him on So we don't the have to go over that then. No, no. Okay. We, we, <laughs> but I will get all my footage, right, to use yeah. for my own purposes. <laughs> Just sit home and jerk off and watch myself yell. <laughs> Could and we get some you, footage? That's good. Oh, did I make the cut? I just told somebody about that the other day. I'm like, I sat there and Graham yelled at me for like eight minutes once. Chris wants it in the movie. I don't. So we're trying to figure out what to do. I love it. I want it in the movie. And then we need to cut in that scene from Natural Born Killers where Robert Downey Jr.'s producer puts her no- finger in her nose and goes like, hey, you're just wasting fucking time here, pal. <laughs> when he's, he said he said all the shit go down in Grenada and he's over there yelling at fucking Woody Harrelson. God damn, I love that movie. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Are we talking about that this week? Natural Born Killers, did that come out? Absolutely. I can talk about that all day. (laughs) The re-release of Natural Born Killers. Um, Yeah, Earbuds is actually going uh, quite well. Um, We're down to a... um, Two-hour cut. Two-hour cut, yeah. Which is is big. Mike Schmidt, you are still in it, buddy. All right, hanging on. Hanging on. I've made the final two hours of, no doubt, the 300 hours of footage you filmed. Oh, I think it was even more. Oh, gosh. Let me ask you this. Have I edged out the the fucking Japanese girl eating natto on a fucking plane in Tokyo? Did that happen? (laughs) No. I I just want to make sure that if she's still in the film, by all means. Let's let's make sure you guys went to Japan to talk to a nobody for good reason. Yeah. It's not about the earthquake that happened, the global event, and how no, podcasting no, no. helped her, Mike. It's just watching her eat with chopsticks. Again, she's eating yeah. natto. Yeah. No, fermented bean curd. <laughs> uh, I'm teasing. She's listening, and she knows I'm a fan. <laughs> you hear that, Sanai? Mike Schmidt just insulted you and then complimented you. Yes. Compliment strong, but yeah. <laughs> Culturally, that's a long compliment. In a culture that doesn't exist. Oh, the, the Mike Schmidt, <laughs> cult, the Mike, Mike Schmidt yeah. culture? <laughs> in the lewd yogurt eating culture? Yes. That was a really good compliment. Culture, yeah. In a sauce-based culture, yeah. that is considered. <laughs> yeah. Now I could lewdly compliment her if you'd like yeah. me to. <laughs> I could make that happen in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> oh. Shimasai. Is that what they say? Right when you walk in a sushi bar? <laughs> yeah, Mike. I think so. <laughs> um... 
Sandy, big fan Japan, shout out across the pond from Mike Schmidt yes. <laughs> giving you a lewd-based comment. That's, that literally sounded like something Tom Likas would say. That was like, Sandy, big fan Japan. Like it was like that, because yeah. she's a big fan in Japan and her name is, you San, called her Sandy? Sanai. Sanai, but I thought you said Sandy. We call her Sandy sometimes. Oh, all right. Because yes. early on, we mispronounced her name. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. Her name is uh, Sanai uh, Narita. 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 I did that with my mm-hmm. girlfriend the first time she ever like wrote me on my show. And uh, her, her, she had a uh, couple of names, and I chili dipped them both. Like, and it's like I'm a guy who prides myself on always fucking nailing everything, and I'm like the guy. Who, so I overpronounced. Like, I didn't say what they they should have been, and I threw a little fucking spin on it because I thought I was fucking smart. And uh, and no, all all wrong. So Sanai, <laughs> you're lucky these two are here to sherpa me. So let's to be clear. Um, when your girlfriend first emailed you for the first time, yes. you all immediately started calling her your girlfriend, though, right? Oh my god, everybody who emails me is my girlfriend immediately. Yeah. <laughs> If you if you take long enough to type something out and hit send, I love you. Yeah. First time Mike and I performed together twenty years ago in Chicago, he said, "Hey, you're my girlfriend now." It was weird, it was weird. <laughs> and he said, "Get out of the fucking car." <laughs> <laughs> Felt a little more prison like, like he had yeah. just purchased me from hey, the you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> purchased it, gave you away, motherfucker. Don't lie. Well, you know, <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, I, was, purchased you to cover another debt. True. <laughs> Look, the, those funny bones back in the old day were rough places, and I yeah. needed protection, and if, Mike was my guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were a middle, it was fucking heavy skating, boy. I'll tell you what. You didn't want to shower with the headliners. You never knew what the fuck was going to happen. You know this, Chris. Fucking, you work in the improv in Vegas. Oh, my God. How many times you been passed around like a Kleenex? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Well, they call well, it the you're imp- going to eat a yogurt before every one of our shows from now on because yeah. you come in on fire. <laughs> you go one deep into a lewd chabrani and all of a sudden you yeah. come out just throwing fireballs. <laughs> 273, man. I had to bring it. Yeah. Jesus. Ep 273. I don't fuck around. Oh, special eps. Oh. Speaking of Hong Kong, so, Tokyo. Sorry, we're not periscoping. Oh, so yeah, so uh, so Jill literally, yeah, she was my girlfriend the second she wrote me. I was just like, right. I'm just mooning over it. Still married like an idiot. Just like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty girl likes me. Yay, we <laughs> and still does. Fucking shockingly, although this show may take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we hope for. <laughs> Did you bring another yogurt? I do. I have it in the fridge, locked and fucking loaded. Oh, right. that's gonna be for the so when you start to come down rep. from that one. Well, I went passion fruit early. I got yeah. mango backup. Mangoes nice. for the spoiler rep. Oh, of course. Always go mango spoiler yeah. rep. Well, I should have brought a third for the for the fucking the other one, the the, the extra. extra episode. Yeah, mm. we'll have to go buy one. Bring <laughs> <laughs> the break. Well, let's get into it. Jurassic World. Uh, we all saw it. Should we let our guests go first? Yeah, Mike, you go first. Mike, Jurassic right. World. Right, right, now, right. first of all, did you see it 3D, IMAX, regular? No, I saw it opening night in the Arclight in the Big Dome, which is not in 3D. Okay. I was kind of surprised, but I wanted to get first showing. And mm-hmm. you wanted big screen. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I brought, my, my girl lives in Wisconsin, and she doesn't go to a lot of movies, so I said, when you come to a Hollywood movie in the Arclight, it's going to be giant. And I'll tell you what, this is the second time I brought her to the Arclight, the first time was the Ghostbusters reissue, literally we're the only two people in the theater. <laughs> Not even, so I'm like, I'm like, it's a lot different when there's people in here and they're like, enjoying themselves. Um, so we went uh, to, to opening night, and uh, do we, do we want, now, so what, I'm supposed to tell you exactly how I felt right away, and then you guys are going to jump in? Because I, I want to, it's going to be more of a discussion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing. You've done the show before. Oh, I, don't yeah. know what they, I don't think I have. Once a I year. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. uh, I fucking, yeah. You don't I, have to deconstruct it, just talk. Okay, good. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's summer yeah. in a fucking, in two hours. Literally, it's just, mm-hmm. it's what it's supposed to be. It's, yeah. and I mean, because again, I can get into the nitpicking and the carving it up, but overall, man, I had a fucking great time. I mean, it was just a full house of people mm-hmm. going crazy, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's dinosaurs, and then, you know, I I... There's probably eight too many shots of the dinosaur peeking around a corner, but other than that, 
uh, it was fucking fantastic. It was exactly what it was supposed to be, and I was very happy with it. I I I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I the I'll tell you what the first by minute forty, I was starting to get a little like okay, I was starting to get a little annoyed because I hadn't seen enough of it. I was like, are they gonna Godzilla me? And not show me the, the goddamn <laughs> the goddamn thing I came to see the Indominus Rex. Because at first I'm like, okay, cliche characters, cliche back backstories, fine, got sure. it. You know, it's Spielberg. Even though whoever mope they hired to, to direct it, it's Spielberg. <laughs> it's Spielberg. It's Spielberg. Oh, it's Colin Trevorrow. He's the guy that did Safety Not Guaranteed. He's, which is a which is a great movie. It's a great movie, and mm-hmm. he did a good job with it. But you know, you know, he there were people over his shoulder. There was the one whole time. guy. There was Steven Spielberg <laughs> over his shoulder. Oh, sure, Colin, you do whatever you want, but you, this needs to be in this. You know, anyway. Yeah. Yes, sir, Mister well, Spielberg. Well, because when Colin was initially going to do it, uh, I'm sure those two fucking mop-headed kids weren't in it. And Spielberg goes, "We need kids, and they need to be in danger at some point." All right, go right. ahead and throw them in. You know, right. that's, that's a Spielberg there was probably trait. A team of yeah. Universal executives yeah. behind. Sure, it certainly. It was all that like kids stuff and and all this though divorced parent, all this backstory. I was like, okay, fine, fine, and and I was like. Sitting there, and I went to go see it at the Chinese theater in IMAX, you know, laser 3D. Right. Which I am now a fan of. I was, I've talked at great length about how I don't like 3D on this show and only for specific movies. Well, this is one of them, and it was a packed house. And then the second half of the movie, it is everything you want. It is a goddamn just 3D dinosaur fight. And I can't tell you, in 3D, that third act where the dinosaurs are just going ape shit. Yeah. It, I not a ju- spoiler, by the way. Not a spoiler. Although, a great title for the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> dinosaurs go ape shit. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like, we talked about this. Jurassic Park, it's the same story every time. Dinosaurs escape, they start killing people. There's literally, it's the, that's the one really fascinating thing about this franchise. There's literally only one thing that could possibly happen in this franchise. Every time. Uh, people make dinosaurs or they go look for dinosaurs and then they get eaten by dinosaurs. Right. That's literally, that's the only thing that could happen. Like, what But that's you, the only thing you want to happen. That's it. And right. they did it great. And with, I'm yeah. telling you. I don't want to see my dinner with T-Rex. I mean, I don't give a fuck about that. I want to see him fucking <laughs> chomping the shit out of people. Let's and do it. they did it. Yeah. We'll get into on the spoiler, the specifics of it, but I got to tell you, I jumped out of my chair five times because of the 3D. Wow. Because I went, ah, I mean, literally, and then would start laughing. And, and you're right, Mike. I, if you can, see this at the packed house. Oh, please. The cheering, the yelling, the laughing. Mm. And there's some great like twists and stuff we won't get into in this episode that are it was it was everything it, you wanted a Jurassic movie to be. It was be. summer in two hours. It was it was, it was, it was right. they went, hey, let's get that summer blockbuster template out and and make it. And they and they fucking did. They yeah. did. It's literally a it's a perfect summer movie. If you're gonna go you sit in the air conditioning for two hours and eat popcorn, as much as I love Mad Max and there's other movies coming up and stuff, but this is the movie to absolutely and you can bring ten kids and you can right. bring yourself and just sit there and get right. lost. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And I um I really enjoyed it too. It was a really fun. Now, I actually saw it on a Sunday morning, so it wasn't as packed and it was in a smaller theater, mm-hmm. but still really liked it. And, you know, my 10 year old absolutely loved it. She thought it was like one of the best movies she's ever seen. Yeah. Because she's now just starting to see PG 13 movies. Mm-hmm. And she Wait, thought it was. Did amazing. you bring your 10 year old? Yes. I thought you said a 10 year old. I'm like, <laughs> seems like an odd thing yeah, for you yeah. on a Sunday, but good for you. <laughs> well, they rent them at the theater. So, um, <laughs> 
so yeah, she she absolutely loved it. And I, I'll tell you, one of the things I really liked is like they knew the hole they were in to begin with. It's like, all right, we've seen a bunch of these movies. Yeah, how, how are we, we going to make this? it different? How are we going to make it a little more interesting? And how are we going to even do like a wink and a nod to what we've already done and the problem that we actually have creating this movie? Yeah. And one of the things I loved was the way um, the movie was set up with the theme park um, already existing for a while, where people are already starting to get bored with it. Like, ah, oh, well, everyone, you know, that all the kids are kind of yeah. bored with dinosaurs. But I also like just the production design of if you had a dinosaur theme park, this is what it would look like. You would have the trams and the it rides. It would be SeaWorld. I, yeah. I'll yeah. tell you, watching it in my head, I go, how does this not exist yet? Other than the dinosaurs, but literally right. just the park experience, the holograms and, and the yeah. gyroscope, and I'm just, the gyro balls. And I'm like, dude, that... How have you not made this happen? It, it, it literally right. looked like they took, you know, because it's universal. It looked, literally looked like they took some of the park people that work on the park and like, well, how would you make? Yeah. You know, yeah it yeah. really felt like that. I, I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, and uh, like just even like the layers and the tiers, because you always have like the buildings with different shapes. In the middle, you've got the one that's like the big pyramid. It, it's, I thought it was really a cool attention to detail of like what the park would actually look like. Agreed. And um, when... The, you know, you know, it was funny. It's like you expect um, certain things in this summer movie. I, and I have to say, I was not on board with this movie when the trailers first started coming out. I'm like, this is a rehash. This is, they're not going to show me anything new. I'm going to be completely bored. I'm not interested in this movie. And then as more and more trailers came out, it looked like it was going to do something a little bit different, but not too different. It's still freaking dinosaurs getting out of a park and eating people. It hit that sweet spot of like what you expected and... Um, trying to do some things a little bit differently now yeah. there were some really I, I will say there were some really really dumb parts in the movie but yes. here's the thing we're saving those for the spoiler yes yeah, so and we were going to keep good. these for the spoiler but here, here's the thing it's overall the movie um was so well put together and so charming and knew that it, what it was as far as a summer you can forgive movie things. you can forgive those things you know what i mean yeah. because because Here's the thing you There's can't There's a couple that I almost couldn't, but we'll get into those. <laughs> Here's like, the thing you can't forgive is if there wouldn't have been a bunch of amazing dinosaur action and people talking right. and having a like relationship fight or whatever, yeah. then I would be like Like if you didn't see if it was all about the one dinosaur and you didn't see him till the end, would have been furious. Yes. Would have been absolutely furious. Would have been Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. And uh it was the kind of thing where like, oh no, I got to see the 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 evil main dinosaur killing machine right away. And I also got to see all the other dinosaurs and the interaction and, and oh. all that stuff. And it was it was really well put together, especially that third act. It wasn't like, all right, one dinosaur, them running from one dinosaur. It was a bunch of dinosaurs. It was some cool oh, things. It was some great yeah. choreography, some cool fighting. And uh, um, it was... <clears throat> it was just really fun. It was a fun summer movie. And I, I will say, people, you have to manage your expectations a little bit on this movie. You're not going to get a great amazing script you're gonna get dinosaur action and you're gonna get it framed under a serviceable mostly serviceable script i mean it's not it's certainly well, there, not there the are worst moments one. there's going to be moments where you look at it oh come on but yeah. it doesn't matter because then you also have to go oh wait a minute there's not, like 90 dinosaurs having a fight yeah what the fuck yeah. am i concerned <laughs> and, about uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you and know what i mean there's like there's those a couple like details here and there and like well i wish they would have kind of cleaned that up a little bit but again they got all the big parts, the the important parts, right. Yeah, so, I, I, and I'll tell you, Chris Pratt is so charming and engaging. Like even when, like his character is not fully fleshed out, you still love watching him. Yeah, I mean, there's those moments, and I'm curious to talk because I got an email from Steel Saunders, uh, who does Green Guide Letters and, mm -hmm. and Steel Wars po podcast, who's been on the show, and uh, 
He hated it. Yeah, yeah. I've he heard that too. It. I've seen it on Twitter and Facebook. Our fans are really splitting on it. Some people have been loving it, really uh, enjoying it. And other people have been like, this is the worst. It's just like a bunch of dinosaur bullshit. And, and you know what? This is one of the movies that baffles me a little bit that people would have such strong reactions either way like i really feel like this is a summer movie it's got dinosaurs in it i really feel like the strongest negative reaction you could be you could have is like well that was just boring and i've seen it before yeah not like to really get angry about (laughs) like a a big jurassic park dinosaur movie i will tell you Um, that uh, when we saw it again packed house behind us a full row of ironic watching hipster types all together as a group there's like nine of them well, they travel in How packs. many beards? Yeah, yeah. How many yeah. beards? Uh, yeah. Three beards yeah. and two of them ladies. Um, but <laughs> how, many, how many ski caps? Oh, Christ. I, I couldn't even tell you. I wish they would have pulled them down over their eyes, though, because throughout the film, just a lot of giggling and a lot of like hating, like verbally not liking yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, right. and, uh, and like that laughing and just going, come on, this is stupid. And But sat, sat there and watched the entire fucking film. And here's my favorite part of the whole thing. At the end of it, there's again, there's a group of like 10 of them. And they're all just like, oh, God, oh, so uh, like groaning. And one of their friends just goes, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll go, you did? Like they, and I'm like, good for you, motherfucker. Yeah. Stand up. Skull cap off to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You and your PBR are my best friend, yeah. God damn it. You're not going to be following the other lemmings off the cliff. No. It was crazy because, again, they all just shit on it collectively. Right. And, and I'm just like, what did you expect it to be? Because, again, they're groaning right. at the, you know, the parts that are kind of groanable. And I get that. Yes. But you don't you have to what? announce to an entire theater, oh, we, we are better than this and we get that this is, you know what I mean? It's, you know just, it's it so stupid. Don't be there. It's, yes. a, it's a roller coaster. And you know when you get on a roller coaster and, and those ones that weave you through and there's like some dumb story you got to follow? Right. Oh, yeah. And just like, well, welcome <laughs> to the thing. And then yeah. you're in space camp. And then, oh, I'm yeah. sure that asteroid field won't cause us any problems. You're right. like, okay, well, that's now we it's know. It's like Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean when you start off in the swamp in yeah. the, uh, and then you yeah. go down the... Uh, the water flower. Right. The water it's, it's like when you're yeah. going through that thing, you're not like, oh, this is so poorly written and this character isn't developed, <laughs> whatever. Like, no, it's a dumb roller coaster yeah. ride. Yeah. You got to really go into this knowing that every human character is bait. That's oh, all yeah. they are. Yeah. That's all they are. Every yeah. human character is it's a dinosaur bait. sandwich. That's yeah. all they it's are. Bait. So that's they, a, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, they're, they're two job dimensional. Is, yeah, their job is to either run away from a dinosaur or try to kill one. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> or get eaten. Or get Those eaten. are your choices. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that your character isn't that flushed out and some of your dialogue is annoying, eh, don't give a shit. Yeah. You, you can really, you, I want it, it you can to be either forgiving. fight it or eat it. Or yeah. Yeah. So, and this is one where you, you really have to go in with either I'm going to be forgiving or if my guard's up, there's no way I'm going to like it. So that's the, that's the kind of thing. If you're already in that mindset of like, this is going to be dumb, there's nothing that's going to change your mind. No. You're going to really think, yeah, this was dumb. I don't know why I watched it. Yeah. So, but if you're there, I'm like, all right, it's a big summer blockbuster movie. I'm going to expect dumb dialogue, um, ridiculous character motivation. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but I just really am here for the dinosaurs. Then you won't be disappointed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was it was summer in two hours. It was literally just a popcorn right. movie, and it breezes by, and then it's just over, and you're like, "Whoa, yeah, that was over!" I I literally my my physical reaction after the movie was over was that of after the crazy roller coaster, and you just did the corkscrews and the crazy shit, right. and you're like, "Oh, remember we taught that turn?" And they you felt right. like your face was going to go right into that wall, and it doesn't. And, oh, it yeah, was all yeah. like that's. 
Mm-hmm. That's I we just and then you know you coast in that last hundred mm-hmm. yards. Mm-hmm. That's where I was sitting in my chair going, wow, yeah. that was right, right on. And one thing I really like too is like kind of like they they left the little Easter eggs and the homages to the first movie. That yeah. was great. And you know, one actor that was in the movie was in this one. That was it. There was just one. It was the uh, the scientist that was actually developing. The, and my uh, whole theater clapped. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Literally, he showed up. They all clapped. Oh, that's it was just great. Like, that was yeah. The, yeah, yeah he, the row behind me, they're like the Law and Order idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was he was um and, and what's funny is in the original movie he's like in one scene. Yeah, yeah that's you know, why so, it was so, so we'll great. get in all this in the spoiler. So clearly he must have gotten to the boat <laughs> in the first movie. <laughs> so boat not bait. Yeah, boat yeah, not he was bait. boat not Hashtag bait. Boat not bait. <laughs> um all right. Well, I uh the other movie I saw this weekend was the Brian Wilson story Love and Mercy. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, let me now again, let me just go ahead and clarify. Brian Wilson, Beach Boy, not Brian Wilson, San Francisco Giants, world champion closer. Or both. <laughs> yes, it's both their stories. Is it? It's a parallel. That's not a bad movie. Honestly, I'd go see that movie. If you contrast and compare, stupid bearded closer with fucking crazy lumpy keyboard player. Probably going to, I should probably make call a him split, a genius as well. Make a split screen. No, just lumpy. Yeah. Just, just yeah. Yeah. lumpy keyboard player. Yeah. That's who Brian Wilson is. I guess three words to describe Brian Wilson, you would go with lumpy keyboard player. Hang me. Uh, so, yeah, it was directed by um, Bill uh, Polad. I don't know if I'm cr- pronouncing that correctly, but he was a producer on uh, 12 Years a Slave, uh, Tree of Life, Wild. Um, so he's done a lot of producing. Hasn't really done much directing. Um, now, Twelve Years a Slave. That was the. That was actually the first Brian Wilson documentary, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Written from the point of view of Brian himself about his father. Yeah, <laughs> great. Um, he's done some documentaries. So this movie is interesting because it 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 it's it shows not modern day Brian Wilson, but Brian Wilson in like late eighties, nineties played by John Cusack. Okay. Um, and then a uh, young Brian Wilson played by Paul Dano. Now, first of all, how does Paul Dano make Brian Wilson not look creepy? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what they focus on. And this, I don't know. I like the beach boys. I'm not a huge fan. I don't know that much about, or did not know that much about Brian Wilson's actual story going into this film. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he suffered from like a type of like schizophrenia or something like that. So let me, well, was that on set or did he always have it? So he said, I really don't know anything about him. I know he went fucking bananas mm-hmm. and then he came back. I think. And he, didn't he live with a guru and all that nonsense? And well, and, that was part of the movie is Paul okay. Giamatti plays this, uh, this like manager attorney guy that the movie starts and you're like, oh, is he really looking out for Brian, or is he not someone? I won't spoil it, but or is he someone you can't? I mean, I guess if you if you know his true life story, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so there is that, and they they kind of they skip some years. So they so they're basically they bring you up to speed very quickly. Well, you 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 meet Paul Cusack or John Cusack. Haha. <laughs> you meet John Cusack, and you're like, oh wow, how did he get to this place? Um, and then they kind of bring you up to speed in the sixties very quickly. Like they started this, you know, bunch of brothers and cousins and got their band together. And then all of a sudden they kind of bring you to like, whatever, I think it's like 67, 68 when they're like at their peak, right? The Beatles are at their peak and Brian goes, and I don't want to go on the road anymore. Let me stay in the studio. I'm going to try and experiment with some stuff. And the guys are like, okay. And, 
And then they spend a lot of time cutting back and forth between Cusack in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, and then Paul in the studio making like Pet Sounds, um, that album, which was like revolutionary. Uh, but brilliant, brilliant album. Brilliant Ridiculous. Album. It was one of those things where I went, I always heard about that. And to me, the Beach Boys were always like, can, 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 can. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then I bought Pet Sounds and I was like, holy God. Well, they- the outtakes on Pet Sounds are worth buying. Just to hear their vocal tracks as they're laying them down, you're like, oh my Christ, so amazing. And this is the thing I, I give the director a lot of credit for. And they, they after the movie, we saw it at an Arclight, which is one of the things I like about Arclight. They showed you a get little, the little extra. The little extra the at the end of the movie where they, they did a one-on-one interview with the director. And one of the things they did was... That's Bill Polad. Bill Polad. They hire session musicians. Mm-hmm. They went in the actual studio where Pet Sounds was made. And Paul Dano, who um, played a kind of a mad genius, which is what Brian was one, you know, he was battling serious mental illness and his obsessive brain is how he was like, I can hear all these sounds and coming up with, I want to do this and all this experimenting crazy shit that Brian Wilson did using bobby pins on the inside of a piano string to create all this stuff and doing all these tracks. And what, what, the director said, and this really made me like the movie even more, hired these musicians. Paul Dano did all this research on Brian Wilson and how Pet Sounds was made and then went, okay, go. And just let Paul Dano be crazy Brian Wilson in the studio going, let's try this, let's try that. And these session musicians going, okay, brother. you know, And, wow. and that was really awesome. And then there's this great scene with one of the, session, with one of the musicians um, who was also a decent actor, I guess, who goes, you know, they're taking a, they're taking a smoke break or whatever. And he goes, Hey man, we're all pros. We've all worked with everybody. Sam cook, Elvis, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And I got to tell you, man, you're blowing us away. And it was just like, and everyone's like, what are you doing? The guys come back from the road. And one of the guys in the band is like, what is this? We got to go back to what we do. Can, 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 can. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because then Dano goes, look, I can't do another song about the fun and the summer and the summer and the fun. I can't do it. Like he just lists <laughs> off all that can, can, can stuff. And bing, 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 Exactly. Like, I can't do that anymore. I'm not happy anymore. Yeah. I can't do fucking happy. Yes. That's gorgeous. And he, and he basically, and, and there's, and then, and that, that's sort of a fight. And there's another scene where they're, he goes, look, he goes, None of us even surf. Real surfers don't even, <laughs> and he, then he says, real surfers don't even sing. Don't even listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Which is like kind of true if you if you you know, it was Yeah, you're selling surf culture to the people Midwest. Who, yeah, people who, don't, who surf. don't understand what it is. Right. They and, just think it's sun and sand and the beach and they yeah. don't get it. Yeah. And real surfers were like, No way, man. Like Mickey, uh, Mickey Dora, there's a great book about him who is this like hardcore Malibu surfer, and he was just like, Oh, that fucking Beach Boys shit. They were like when Gidget. They always talk about in several surf documentaries. There's well, Frankie Avalon, all those movies. Those beach they movies. hate them. Mm-hmm. They talk about pre-Gidget and post-Gidget. How do they feel about Batman versus the Joker in their surfing? <laughs> their surfing contest. <laughs> That's the thing. Loved it. All the surfers are just like, man. We had to if we have to watch that fucking shit one more time with these greens, these well rear projection back then, <laughs> and that Funicello. Yes, all of those movies. All those movies, mm-hmm. and they're like the Beach Boys got lumped into that culture. Mm-hmm. So here's Paul Dano going, why are we? 
you know, we did that. Yeah. Did anybody in the band go, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? No, there was one guy, this, this, this one, his cousin was like, dude. And then they showed a good the, thing going. What here. are you doing? Yeah. Like, let's yeah. just fucking beach summer fun and have another gold record. Mm-hmm. And their dad, like, I didn't know this, Brian Wilson's dad was an asshole. Yes. A complete, and they talk about that. Look, hey, man, dad's not beating us anymore. We don't have to do what he says. And he was their manager. And then his dad comes in. And is a dick, and he goes, "Listen to this new band I signed, and it's bing, 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 be fun, fun, fun." Paul <laughs> Daniels just like, "Good for you, Dad. I'm not yeah. doing that." And so, and then they go back to. Then he grabbed a paper clip and he dove into a harpsichord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for seven hours. Brilliant. <laughs> um, but now I have a question because they have. Um, Normally, this doesn't happen. You have two actors playing the same mm-hmm. character. Like, could you have just done Paul Dano and then aged him for the other scenes? Like, what was the advantage of using two actors for this bio? Here's here's what I think the advano, advantage was. And the, the Advano, you the could Advano, have said that. The, 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 Advan- <laughs> the Paul Advano. The Avanozak. I'm going to combine. Oh. <laughs> you like that? Nice, yeah. Hashtag Avanozak. Um, is. What had happened was Brian Wilson then started really like hearing voices and really he deteriorated. He quickly. deteriorated and going nuts. And so there was a three-year period where he didn't leave his bed. And how and that's you, that's not an exaggeration. That's that not is actu- right. actually that's, real. That's what happened. So to me, it's like I think there was just these this lost period of time. And he then... So got, he got into a cocoon and transformed into another actor. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think that's what the director looked at and said, uh-huh. he came out of that period and Completely then... Completely different. And then they pumped him full of drugs. Mm-hmm. And then Paul Giamatti, who's, who's a great, plays a great asshole. He's a great, he's such a good actor. And when he plays a guy that's yelling at you, he fucking, <laughs> it's awesome. And then... Uh, Elizabeth Banks. I mean, this is all real happen. He meets Elizabeth Banks, who is now his current his wife. And so I think it was smart because the director went, here's genius Brian Wilson, and then here's collapsed life is in shambles, drug addict, all this divorced, estranged from his kids, like completely, and then somebody and then people took advantage of that. And drugged him up and got him to sign things and all this stuff. So you, it, to me, it felt like you needed you needed to have two different actors. Interesting. Okay. I, because you're right. You could have just aged up Paul Dano, mm-hmm. but I think you needed a guy that was just out of it. Who Elizabeth Banks meets twenty some years after his after the Beach Boys were big. No one was listening to Beach Boys music in 1989. Right. They hadn't released any. I mean, they were done. And so. It's so weird that you would, because I literally think that's when Kokomo came out. Right, I'm not even joking. Like, like yeah. that's that. It's funny you would just choose that year because literally, yes, they were actually. That was because <laughs> Cocktail came out in '89 and Kokomo was on the soundtrack, and that's what brought them back. So it's such a weird, arbitrary year to pick. You're right. I guess yeah. It made me laugh. But it, but when that came out, me personally, I guess I'm just going for my own thing. Oh sure. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not listening to Kokomo. I don't know what. The Absolutely, fuck I, I just think it was such, an, oh, it's such an odd year to that choose, I and I just went that's because they came back from the grave that year, <laughs> the and then we started touring summers and playing, you know, all doing all Wasn't Wilson Phillips? Wilson Phillips was their uh, um, uh, their daughters, right? Uh, John Phillips from the Mamas and the Papas uh, is uh, is one of them, and then 
Carney Wilson is actually the daughter of one of I think of one of the Beach Boys. Yeah, I believe might be one of his brothers. Mm-hmm. But they don't. So they don't go into really any of that. They really. But China Phillips is is John Phillips' daughter, I believe, from from Mamas and the Papas. So maybe, um, maybe. Uh, so maybe this time frame is before Kokomo came out. Well, but but no, I, but you're you're not wrong. I mean, Brian Wilson right. wasn't aff- affiliated with Kokomo. That's when Mike Love basically said, "We are a cottage industry, and we're going to go out and, and sell the beach again to everybody right. and make a ton of fucking money and not care." You know what I mean? So right. so it's not like that was Brian Wilson's Beach Boys who did Kokomo. Brian Wilson was estranged from them, ah, and that he wasn't he wasn't there. That's good to know. Yeah, because that that then. Because they certainly tried to. Um, uh, kind that was of when like, they they buffetized themselves. Well, basically, ah. and they also felt like, well, well, whatever. However, Brian Wilson sounded like this is with with him in the band. We're gonna create that exact same thing again yeah. for Kokomo. Well, that was the interesting thing. He was estranged from everybody at that point, and that's the whole Elizabeth Banks. My one complaint with this story is. Once it kind of became clear what Elizabeth Banks, like her role, when, once she, she, she became like, oh, I got to like help this guy now. And I'm not, I'm going to really try to help him legally and everything else. They kept cutting back to just showing more of Paul Dano deteriorating. And it was like, okay, I think they should have just trimmed some of that out and just gone, show me Paul Dano who he is, why he was a genius, pet sounds, and him deteriorating, and then let's just get us to the present day of how Elizabeth Banks' character came in and rescued him, and now they're happily married. Like, just, just, that's my only complaint. It's just a little long. You could have cut 10, 15 minutes out of it that way. But for the most part, I don't know, it was interesting, and it was it was interesting watching two two different actors play this guy. So it worked for you. It did for me. Maybe it okay. did for other people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe how, how good is Cusack in it? I think he's really good. I love him. And and I but I think this is a great contrast because we, we have Jurassic World, which is literally you need ten thousand people with computers to build what we saw. Right, yes. right. yeah, easily right. And over then, the span of two to three years. Exactly, yeah. and then you find a niche film, which I'm going to call it, because I, I, I'm just assuming it's that. And Dano, Jamadi, Cusack, Banks, heavy hitters, right Big there, hitter. in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it, certainly for acting chops and talent. And it shows that there's room for everything, man. Right. It just it just shows you can do it all within the construct of film. You can make a ridiculous summer blockbuster, and you can make a small film about a personal story, and it all fucking works. Yeah, well, the, the, the difference is uh, John Cusack won't be on a Burger King cup. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you could have put Giamatti in any of those roles, in, several of those roles in... Um, Jurassic World. Jurassic well, World. Of course. Well, he's in San Andreas. Yeah, yeah, great. He's in San Andreas <laughs> yeah. doing that exact same thing. Like, it's going to blow. You know yeah. what I mean? Great. But but it's it shows that there's there's room for uh, spectacle, mm-hmm. and there's room for story. There's, there's room yeah. for gigantic dinosaurs biting people, and there's room for a guy who didn't get out of bed for three fucking years, mm-hmm. but is a genius. genius. You know what I mean? It's, and, to, and there's interest in that story. Yeah. There's interest in your fucking leaf blower outside. I mean, literally, if you find it, if mm-hmm. you're a filmmaker and you care enough, you will find it and you will make somebody care. It's brilliant. It, it's great. And it, and it, it shows like, and, and one of the things too in the interview thing after the movie that the, that the the director said he goes you know we want to shed some light on mental illness which is a big topic you know and it's it's something we're talking about with earbuds Absolutely. because we got a lot of people in our interviews and earbuds who were like it helped me get through 
this. I mean, you know this, Mike, as a podcast, you've gotten emails, I'm sure, from like you, your podcast helped me get through oh, sure. this difficult, that or, difficult. Or, you know, your podcast sent me over the edge. Yeah. That happens you, as well. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> You're the problem. Like, I also got one to say, you're a podcaster? I get those a lot. <laughs> um, um, it, but I, I just, I love the yeah. fact that there are stories to be told. And, and you just have to find them. And you yes. have to find them. Mm-hmm. And that's what the film, we talk about a lot on this show. It's, it's a really great point you bring up, is filmmaking is storytelling. And just because, I mean, you can have a little small film, but I mean, like you say, these amazing actors. This is a this is an A list producer that directed it. I mean, he's direct. He's mm-hmm. produced and been involved with like Oscar movies. And right. because of that, someone said, "All right, we will let you direct." Mm-hmm. And he chose to tell this story. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like he's he's maybe that's a passion project for him. Maybe he's been waiting for his opportunity to do it. He's been plugging away doing his producing thing, and he went, "I think I can actually direct." And here's the story I want to tell. And he surrounded himself with a list, and maybe not monetarily a list, but certainly talent wise a list talent. Well, well, Dan O.G. and Giamatti are in Oscar nominated movies all the well, time. Well, sure. I mean, that's that that's Well, Cusack character. was nominated for Max if I remember correctly. Yeah. And Cusack and Banks are just talent wise. I mean, she's in a lot of big movies. Cusack is a guy who I think is amazing, is very talented, but He's a very reserved actor. He's a reserved can, actor. Can we talk uh let's I I don't mean to be this guy. You know your iPhone extra? Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. talk Cusack. Okay. Can yeah. we do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love it because he, we went to the same high school. He was graduated from Evanston Township High School. Wild Kids? Wild Kids? He is a wild kid. K-I-T-S. Kids, kids, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, uh, yeah, he was the same year as my brother. And he started doing a couple movies while he was in high school. Um, like one of them, he was a, was he a nerd in 16 Candles? I, yeah, all right. So can we talk, we want to talk now or we want to well, talk we'll in talk, the we'll extra? Because we'll we'll yeah. I mean, in, in 16 Candles, he's, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he's literally in it. And he, he's Farmer Ted's one of the minions. Yeah. It's like literally the, the two dudes who follow Anthony Michael Hall everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And they do the, the, the air base when they walk into the party. God damn it. Cusack's yeah. a genius. <laughs> um, Did you see Hot Tub Time Machine? Uh, well, no. And uh, so let's talk about that as well, because I really wanted to see it, but I did not he's get a good chance. In it. He's good in everything. Well, I mean, I because I, I'm because uh, now I want to go at it and talk about it, but I want to wait for the fucking extra. <laughs> we'll talk about it in the extra, but yeah, yeah it's it's. I'll it's, tell you right now. See Hot Tub Time Machine. I have to, right? Yeah. I mean, how did I not? I'm so fucking mad at myself. And also Elizabeth Banks, um, man, she she's someone that's done a lot of, and she does. She has some real depth in this because she's sitting there, and the the scene where they first meet. He just comes in and sits in a Cadillac and he's, you know, John Cusack being Brian Wilson go, oh, I, I really like this car. and Yeah, I want to get it. She's like, well, let's talk terms. No, I just want to buy it. She doesn't know who he is. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Giamatti and his handlers all come up. They're like, okay, sweetie, wrap it up. And she's like, huh? She's like, do you know what that was? She's like, what? I used to listen to your music. So she's, and you see the conflict of, this guy's off. Yeah. Do I want to get involved in this? And he also made music that I grew up listening to and I am starting to care about him. You know what I mean? Like, and who's this Giamatti guy? What's, what am I, it's her, her conflict in this is great. And the way she pulls it off, you know, she's this cute blonde selling Cadillacs. That's who she was. And then he literally walks into her showroom. It's, there's some great, there's some, just some great scenes. There are great scenes between her and Giamatti that are just, cause he's such a prick, <laughs> such a prick. And she just, her like quiet strength. Anyway. Oh, check it out then. It's, it's a good movie. 
So, okay. Well, one of the things we wanted to talk about, too, is as your fans and my fans know, Mike, Asylum was released. <laughs> <laughs> True. Speaking of filmmakers yes. who have a story to tell. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, I think it's great now that no one has to pay for it. It was on YouTube. <laughs> yes. And uh, one of the, there was a thread on your um, Facebook page, and it was like, you know, you can see this on YouTube. And our, one of our old interns, Ben, is like, no, I need to see it in high depth. He went and bought the DVD. Ben did, yeah. And then Heidi says, where did you find it on Amazon? I'm going to find it. And then I finally commented, stop buying this movie. <laughs> well, if you're going to buy it, buy it through our Amazon Yeah, but if you are going to buy it, yeah, <laughs> buy it through our Amazon affiliate link, because that's the only way I'll see any money from it. Uh, um, so... Uh, <laughs> No, you won't see any money from it. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if uh, I haven't. I bought the DVD too, but I haven't even seen if like there's credits or. Is there a way we could get like hijacked copies or or black market copies of this, and then you guys autograph and sell them and keep the money? Like honestly, (laughs) there must. Like if I should we burn it? Yeah, (laughs) we could burn it and sell it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what the fuck are they going to come after us? It's one of those things. Like if I ever go when on the bases in Iraq and Afghanistan. In the in the uh, in the little swap meets that they have, mm-hmm. uh, there's all these bootlegged movies that right. they sell. And you, oh, I hope it's there and, at least. And if it is, mm-hmm. if I got, I want to go back there just to find that. Or if and, it's SWAT versus Devils to the Japanese. Oh bootleg. yeah, and a lot of times it's like literally the camcorder in the theater sure. right. burns. Mm-hmm. I would buy if, it. If, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't deserve a fucking dime. If anybody makes it, you make it. Like if you want to do that plan, I'll sign whatever you want me to sign, and you should get the money. I'm not even kidding. You wrote it initially, then you got fucking burned on it, yeah. then you got brought That's in to twice. rewrite it, and I mean, literally you burned you again. Yeah, I showed up and jerked off and made ten jokes and went home. I mean, so. How the actually, fuck am I going to get paid? Actually, you made 100 jokes, and then they took 90 out. That's true. That's, That's a good point. <laughs> In fact, I will say, Mike was so conscientious. When we were at the um, at the hotel, he stayed up half the night. He was writing jokes and alternate jokes for all these scenes because he had the rough footage. And um, first of all, then they couldn't even get the audio to work, so most of those were already gone. They were lost. Now, and you then, said half the night as if I it was only half the night. I mean, you're joking. <laughs> I literally went to bed at 6 a.m. because I had to be on set at 8. Right. So, I mean, I, I stayed up all night and longhand wrote legal them. pad writing jokes wrote the jokes just, and just just churning them watching yeah. it and stopping after 30 seconds and writing two jokes and then stopping after three and writing two right. three jokes right and then because uh, that was the job yeah and we got into the booth and we we got to be able to do like one pass and then I'm like well can we do any of these others oh yeah we'll do a couple of these that footage was lost yeah. never got to hear any alternate takes and then so yeah you should get paid for a couple yeah. of these dvds mike <laughs> I, I had i literally filled a legal pad with jokes yeah and like, then and the uh, whole fucking thing just longhand writing writing and time codes and writing and time codes and writing because i wanted to be fucking Good. So they and they took out probably at least fifty to sixty percent of Mike's jokes. So now you have these deep, long, empty silences in the movie where you're just watching an unwatchable horror. Film. And, and the, my favorite part of the conceit is that me and the other editor are watching it right. and making jokes as it goes on. Yeah, that makes it look like we're engrossed for that that right. amount of time, yeah. and we couldn't think of jokes. No, there were tons of jokes yeah. all vomited yeah. all over that movie. They just so disappeared. Insane. Yeah, one of my favorite oh. ones that was that we took out when they have that boiler scene, and uh, it's like, what is this? Metropolis. Yeah. And then you went, oh, Fritz Lang just turned over in his grave because I mentioned his film during this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great joke. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, but that was the level we were, we, you know, because it was shit. We were given shit to yes, work with. You sure. know, they always say turn shit in a, in a mm-hmm. chicken salad or whatever. Yeah. Well, f- we, we, 
I want I didn't want to I wanted to make fucking steak out of shit and we both did you know that was yeah. the whole deal so I you always as you know you write at the top of your intelligence and I wanted to just fucking grind this film under my boot with as much funny as I possibly could yep. so I wrote and wrote and wrote and just fucking I mean it was just that's what we did it was because I wanted it to be fucking great and I'll tell you I was scared to fucking death the first day because we we showed up and I met all of these wannabe nonsense, Horrible fucking people. bad Horrible, producer. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I, like sitting as, sitting yeah. as close as we are now, talking yeah. to one another on cell phones, like yeah. that uh, kind of crazy. Yeah. Hold on, I'm in the business. Bring, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Just shut the fuck. Basically, up. talking to a dial tone. Hold on, I'm in the business. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I have a high level show yeah. business digital and, and cell I, phone call. Yeah. Yeah. There's the a things... poster of a pirate zombie on the wall. Yeah. I'm like, good yeah. for you. You guys are champions uh, uh, of the industry. One of the things we noticed too, like, is when it started, like the crew is a little standoffish like they're like oh who's this guy coming in and starting to shoot and then after about two hours they all kind of came up to something you know this is really funny and then i pretty much won them over and they had our backs for the right. entire shoot right. uh and then they were like you know these these producers are out of their minds i'm like i know just just try to get they it they were just done. fat heads like, like we, l- that terrible fucking they were worried about mike's shirt uh, in the last scene what he had on and i'm like it's not gonna match the continuity like no, it has to be in the no and i'm like you know what it's a shirt if you want to change his shirt change his shirt it's fine <laughs> So this idiots is, justifying their jobs. This exactly is my right. this is yeah. my go to story about those people. Um, the whole time I came in to record the voiceover when we did that the first day, yeah, and I was nervous as fuck. We literally sat on a couch, me and the other actor. What was his right. name? Right, I can't remember. Yeah, he nice guy. <laughs> yeah, nice guy. Nice guy, but not another guy a comedian because it was supposed to be you. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. I tell everybody that because that's important because yeah. I thought you and I would be trading fucking right. bits over Which this movie. Been great, yes. Yeah. Because I would then, make you laugh. This guy didn't laugh at one fucking thing I said. They right. literally, they <laughs> literally paid. Uh, they could only pay for one uh, hotel room, and then the only way I got Dean down there is I had to give up my rental car so they could actually pay for his hotel yeah. room. Yeah, because wasn't they were offering me like a nickel, and I already had road gigs booked. Yeah, or something yeah, they like were offering you like like a hundred bucks or whatever. Because when Chris uh, pitched me, he said it was me and you, and I was yeah, like, yeah. that's going to be fucking awesome because yeah. you make me laugh, I make you laugh. We would have just, uh, I we would have sat there going. Yeah. We would have woken up every morning going, this is going to be awesome. The other thing is, why, why would you not giggle? shoot it in LA? There's a million comedians here. And yeah. they're like, oh, no, we'll just go to Baton Rouge and use an improv troupe. An improv troupe? That, that, that was my best part. We use the Baton Rouge improv troupe to uh, populate this movie. Hey, with and all of them use... very nice. Yeah. Again, everybody was nice. super. The crew nice. people, yeah. cast people were really nice. It was the producers that, that mucked yeah. it all up. So here's my favorite go to, and I told this on my show. Um, they, they cast the guy along who is my foil whatever right. my, my partner my other editor yeah. mm-hmm. they cast him because they knew him from college literally something like that yeah. that was the guy who was supposed to be you graham and, oh. and he, he was actually fun i'd seen some other movies he was in he he he, he would have been able to pull it off given more time but, and but more he, time with but not Mike. like you and me not ping pong like you and me right right they didn't have it, there was and not he the also was kind of fart pp like it, those were a lot of his jokes and i was just right, kind of right. like eh. he wasn't a comedian yeah he wasn't a comic so when we sat on the couch I, I charitably laughed at some of his stuff, kind of trying to get him in the, in the mood, but he, he literally never laughs at anything I say because he's so nervous. He never even looked at the footage like he's reading his lines. He right. wasn't listening. There was no pink. There was no giving back. And here, here was my favorite critique, too, of that, as you're talking about. They said they took out a lot of the lines because they didn't want to hear people laughing. Yeah, that's completely <laughs> like, true. Really? So you don't want to hear the editors actually enjoy the footage so the audience knows to laugh and enjoy it? So that, no, it's, nobody should be laughing. When we're recording, okay, we're recording it dry. So we're watching the actual footage, and me and the other guy are, are speaking into microphones, and 
like I said, I'm charitably giving him back a little bit of laughter to try to get him into it. Right. But he laughs at nothing I say. So I'm playing to a dry room, as you know, which is death. <laughs> <laughs> so th- we go through the whole fucking take. We do an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. And then Chris goes, all right, we're going to do your alternate stuff that you want to do. And I and Chris had written some stuff, too, that he wanted yeah. me to say. So I said, great. So he goes, put your cans on and we'll go. I'll, I'll give you cues and when to go. So I put the cans on and I start firing away my alternate jokes. The control room is dying. I hear everybody laughing, Chris, the producers, and I'm like, oh, it is kind of working because I mean, I I just did two hours of fucking silence thinking this is going to be a death fucking march. But then they were all laughing and so then it loosened me up. So then I'm firing away and we're really killing it. And again, he's like, none of that is going to get in probably and it didn't. (laughs) But again, I have to, let me tell this. So this dude is a guy they cast, he's an improv group guy and he was a nice kid, but he's not us. Right. So we're sitting in the, we're, you know, during a downtime of shooting, I hear the producers go up to him and they go, hey, look, you know what? We want you to just kind of wing it, man. Just say whatever you want. Ooh. And he goes, really? And they go, yeah, just, just improvise. And you want, you know that thing, you know, because they saw Dean do it. So they right. thought it was easy. Right. <laughs> so they saw Dean improvise with me and they went, oh yeah, that's cool. So they, instead of coming to me, they go to that dude and they go, say whatever you want. We think it's going to be really funny and do whatever you want to do and just be, just doesn't matter. Just fucking throw whatever you want out there. And the guy's like, okay. They come to me and I'm like, all right, well, cool. I can't, I've been waiting for this. Take the fucking leash off. They come up to me and they go, we just want to warn you. We told Mark, whatever the fuck his name was, we told him to kind of improvise. He can say whatever he wants. So be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's okay if you laugh at his stuff, but we didn't want you to freeze up. We wanted you to be, be right there. So if he says something, just, if you can't think of anything, just kind of roll with it and let him, let him fill it up. And I went, I think I can handle that. <laughs> so I'm not kidding. We go in to shoot. We're sitting there and they, they, they make, they take 45 minutes to pick a shirt for me. Yeah. We sit down in front of the monitor and, and Chris is just like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. And, uh, and they go, they're like action. And I'm not kidding. I vomit laugh rage all over this guy. Like I, he, he starts to improvise a little bit and I just literally, he gave me the baton and I Carl Lewis into the fucking distance. And to the way, he's just, he's just like staring at me like, cause he has no idea what to fucking say, but it doesn't right. matter. Cause I am just, Steamrolled. it's a fuselage. I'm just fucking, I'm just dominating. And I didn't, and I didn't want to, but I just wanted to show them I have this. It's fine. Right. right. But they, I heard them, they told him to do whatever he wanted and they warned me to be prepared. <laughs> I've been doing this 20 years. Oh, I'm okay. Great. Thank you. I, I hope your little improv buddy from Baton Rouge can fucking not steamroll me in front of everybody. It's like, I will say this just because I want to mention it. Uh, it'd be like the new 2015 Stanley Cup champion, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, certainly. You had a couple of them for your ice skating movie and you go, hey, fellas, there's yeah. a guy that I rollerbladed with in eighth grade. <laughs> he doesn't rollerblade professionally, but if he gets a hold of the puck... Yeah, <laughs> just go ahead and you know skate backwards, and yeah. he's gonna come at you kind of fast. <laughs> and even when we were shooting that those shots in the editing room, they're like, "Well, we need close-ups." I'm like, "No, you don't. It's a two-shot with two editors um, playing off each other. That's all you need." And so when I said no, then the producers went to the DP and they said, "Look, we really need to shoot some close-ups." And the DP, by that time, I had the crew on my side. Yeah. The DP went, "Well, only if the director wants it." Yeah. <laughs> nice. But they were they were just and again they bought me a nice lunch the first day good for them yeah but uh but literally they just they they couldn't stop talking they had another movie called like you know Buccaneer Savage that they were negotiating <laughs> well, yeah, for I, who knows? you know again it's just this Buccaneer Savage 
yeah. nothing but just horrible garbage titles yeah. that you would pick off right. of a blockbuster shelf when you were bored right. at Friday at 9.30. What I love like, and that's what they, they specialize in, but they pretend they're in the business. Yeah. What, what I love, too, is like, oh, well, well, if Dean's saying whatever he wants, so then anybody should be able to do that. Like, yeah. oh, really, Dean, the guy with, what, 30 years no of experience kidding. of acting And this and is what he does and, when he goes on the road. Is yes. He, yeah. he, he and, creates a murder mystery out of nothing. Right. <laughs> and the whole thing about improv is that, first of all, it has to match the character. It has to match the story. It can't contradict anything else in another scene. Like, all of that was completely lost. Well, wait a minute now. That. Buccaneer Savage yeah. doesn't have any of those ideas. <laughs> oh, God, such a great release. So I'll tell you, it was one of those... I mean, anyone, I tell, Hold on. If anyone finds a copy of Buccaneer Savage yeah, out there, yeah. let us know. Hashtag it and show it to us. <laughs> but it, it, it's just... Anytime... Now, Mike, it's probably the same for you. Anytime you tell that story, it's always like, well, I haven't heard that before. Even jaded Hollywood people have heard all these million stories. and yeah. like, well... That's the first time I've heard that one. It's well, so I funny often go ahead. The small time people either get what they're doing, they go, Look, we're making Buccaneer Savage three. Yeah. It's not gonna it win any awards. Just come in yeah. and yeah. be the demon and right. fine. Or they think, uh, look, I just negotiated one point five million dollars for Buccaneer yeah. Savage. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah. wow. Like when we had uh the director That's um, what Chris Pratt, that's what his assistant got yeah. in sandwich money <laughs> yeah. for Jurassic World. Exactly. When we, they spent that to make a dinosaur wink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we had uh the director for Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus right. here, and he was saying like he was trying to make this movie and he was gonna trying to make it a little bit tongue in cheek, and literally a producer came up to him and went this is serious business. <laughs> uh, yeah. he, got, he got dressed down for not making the movie serious. Wanna be <laughs> fuckhead. Yeah. Like, when I tell people the story of the movie or, or even bits and pieces of it, I, there was always this to go, I, at the end of it, I always go, this is never coming out. But here was the movie. Like, right. I never thought it was seeing the light of day. No. Because when you, because the original story, I don't know if we can, how much we can get into it, but they had a deal with Lionsgate, yes. whatever it was. Well, no, it came out on Lionsgate. Right. That's but that was so the thing. Crazy. Is, but initially, they had to give, basically, they were just providing product yeah. to, to Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. That's it. It wasn't deal. like, there wasn't like Lionsgate was like, oh my God, we really need asylum. Right. They were like, have you made your five movies for the year, motherfuckers? Because we funded you. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's why they brought you in to try to salvage it and pick yeah. it out of the garbage and scrape sp- 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 right. the coffee grounds off of it and the right. eggshells and give them something salvageable. Yeah. And so we made lemonade. Pretend- we made lemonade twice and they made lemons three times. <laughs> <laughs> They took your lemonade and went a little too sweet. Yeah, hashtag lemons three times. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So I, I, I just, and, and again, I will say this, the entire experience was worth it just for the fucking story, certainly. Yeah. And also for the one, so the one night we, me, you and Dean went out. Absolutely. It's, it's, that it, literally was worth the trip. I, I even put that on Facebook. I was like, you know, I would not trade that for anything. That you know, The fun that we had, us three, yeah. hanging out and just shooting and just having a blast and going out at night and eating and drinking. It was so That's much fun. what it's about. You know what I mean? It's like when you shoot a movie in Louisiana or you go on the road. And Mike, you know this too. Like you do some shitty gig at a bowling alley, but you and the other comic that night find an arcade or something. You yeah, know what I mean? You laugh your ass off. You just fucking giggle. You just had so much fun. So much fun. A yeah. crawfish for the first time. And, and but a thousand of them. Right? That was the best part. Yeah. We literally, because I, I, I texted a picture to Jill and she was just like, oh, because now she won't ever eat them because she saw what they look like. Right. But yeah, I mean, we just, that night, and listening to Dean tell stories about doing improv, improv at the oil fields for the roughnecks in Canada yeah. and oh just, my God, just regaling right. us with tales yeah. from the road and going by, back and forth. I mean, so fucking fun. So great. That night, again, we were out for 
maybe seven hours, yeah. eight hours. Yeah, just yeah. he's mm-hmm. they're drinking and we're eating crawfish and we're eating mm-hmm. fish and and piles of food and and just laughing and getting to the lobby and hanging yep. out. It was the greatest. And yeah. and again, even on the set was the greatest. Yeah, Other than really the, the fatheads swirling around in their yeah, goddamn yeah. cell phone but cloud. But the crew was great. They were really fun. They were really professional. They were all great. And the other cast yeah. were and great. The, cast the, were great the, the girl from the Baton Rouge Improv Group was really sweet and really so, nice and oh, did a good actually, job. Actually, one of them was a uh, one of them was a local hire found lucky. The, they actually cast her, Sarah. And then the other one was a comedian from um, Jody, New Orleans, Jody Barella. Yeah, yeah. And I worked with her. She was the first one I called. And because they said, oh, yeah, there's plenty of people down here. I called Jody Barella and I said, I need some people, you and a couple other people. The first thing she goes is, uh, you know, there's no one down here, right? I said, I know, I know. They're trying to tell me there is. I know there isn't. So, uh, but she drove up to do the shoot and it she was, was great. Uh, yeah, she was fantastic. So anyone out and there... And they cut her scene in half. So nobody knows she's a casting director. <laughs> they literally start it in the middle. I'm like, well, then who? we don't even know who no, she who's is. Who's that person? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but please, if there's anyone out there listening, uh, if you can come up with some poster artwork for Buccaneer Savage, we'll put it on the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what Buccaneer Savage looks like and who's starring in it. Yeah. Um, but, but no matter what version of Asylum you buy on DVD, whether it's the American version or SWAT versus Devil, be assured that the artwork on it will not be in the film. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. That's after Dark's bread and butter, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that switch. doesn't match. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, horror fans are furious. And then you uh, seeing some of the reviews, but every once in a while there's a review like on I'm Amazon, you, someone dude. that bought it, someone said, I don't know what I would just watch, but I think I kind of loved it. <laughs> I'm then, telling you, we are, when we have to make Asylum. Yes, we, we are going to. Now that you have to. the script back, yes. we have we're gonna make have it for to real. Make it and put in all these inside jokes to this fucking. And we gotta have a, devil shit. We gotta have a cameo with Stephen Rea. Oh yeah, you gotta have a cameo oh, with Stephen Rea. We gotta have uh, Mike in there as somebody. Yes. Is oh, the Lord. guy in the editor? I mean, like, <laughs> and Mike's gonna, Mike's character has to wear a Buccaneer Savage T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> for the policeman's ball. Well, but I, whatever scenes I'm in, I have to wear a different shirt in all of them. There has to be yes. an argument about every single one of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he works for the and you got to have a cameo as the Bulvanian attache yeah. cultural attache to the fake country oh alright wow good business yes so you can check it out it is on YouTube right now um, um, if you or it's on my Facebook it. page or it's on Chris's Facebook yeah, page yeah yeah you can so. find it there <laughs> or if you're in Japan buy SWAT for yeah, the oh, yeah. devil <laughs> uh, alright DVD this week Chappie wow uh, did not enjoy Chappie. Not good. Not a good mm. movie. Really? Didn't like it. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I thought Robert Downey Jr. was great in it. Ah, <laughs> you're making a Chaplin reference. Nice. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice stone face. <laughs> um, uh, it would have been better if he was in it. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. As Chaplin, for yes, no reason. Uh, <laughs> in the tramp. He just yeah. fucking tramp walks <laughs> into the goddamn robot fight. Gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah. See, now I'm in. I'm totally on board with Chappie. <laughs> Chaplin? Champlin? <laughs> See, I'm so, I don't know anything about... All right, I know what Chappie's supposed to be, okay? And I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, ooh. Right. Um, but goddamn, what happened to the District 9 guy? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. District 9 is fantastic. It's yep. literally revolutionary in, in its... 
you know, metaphor for the, you know, the, the, where we're losing our, our rights yeah. and segregation mm-hmm. and, and torture because Abu Ghraib was out at the time. And then they're, when they're turning him into the yep. thing and that he's tied to the table, I almost cried during that scene. I teared up because it was just, it was so rele- relevant to what was going on in the real world at the time. Right. Well, it was definitely a very personal story for him. And also, um, it was District based nine. on a, District Nine and also, okay. uh, based on his, one of his short films. I'm wondering if, like, this was something that he had lived with for a long time and that's why it felt so. <sighs> that's why band's first out. albums are so popular and good is because they've been, they've been paying their dues and waiting and written these songs that's why appetite for destruction you know read the guns and roses biography you know they're they're doing those songs over and over and fucking you know they live in a, a fucking storage shed yeah. they literally live in a, yeah. in a storage space together doing heroin together and they that's why they cranked out those fucking 11 songs that are brilliant and then after that of course they become gigantic and they they, they start buying gold tigers you know what i mean yeah. so good for them <laughs> but that's why district nine guy you're just like dude district nine is fucking amazing and now every other movie that he's made is is like a robot in space, or Matt Damon's you know, in a spaceship, or like there's no realism. It misses, it misses the mark, right? Yeah. So it's like I forgave Elysium because I was like, oh, this just smells like the studio came in, or Matt right. Damon's people, and they forced him. Okay, but Chappie was that, his movie. But isn't that terrible that his second movie, the studio came in and I pushed know. him around, and he had to make right. that? I mean, you, it's a shame because he District Nine again. I cannot He's stress so enough the the marketing campaign caught you, and then you went and saw it, and you were so surprised by it. I'm like, no it's like, name actors, right? Right. The, I don't know what the budget genius. was. Was not a lot of money. I think it was yeah. around forty. It wasn't. It wasn't huge. It wasn't. It was. Boy, that's even high to in in my estimate. Like I didn't think it was that. But, but still, I mean, it it you know most sci fi movies like that. Are, I mean, I'm sure Elysium had a hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, budget. yeah, that for sure. Yeah, because you know? you've got bloated salary producer yeah, salaries and, you've and got, stuff and you've, studio overhead and, and all that fifty stuff. million dollars in CG costs right. or whatever. I, I would, and, and one of the reasons it got made, uh, which is so ironic, is because the Halo movie died at that time. He was uh, Peter Jackson and uh, uh, Blomkamp, the director. They were all ready, ready to make the Halo movie, and it died. And then they were like, "Well, why don't we just make your short film into a feature?" And that's how it was born. Wow! Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I I really it's again, amazing. It's a classic movie. I mean, it's I classic think it's science fiction. So for sure. brilliant, and mm-hmm. it will always be. It's Should one of those be. movies that's it's like like Planet of the Apes. What Planet of the Apes social commentary right. was. 40 yeah. years ago you still watch and go wow yeah it hits hard oh, man and that's how yeah. district nine is that again that whole scene where he's being converted and, and it's just such a metaphor for the torture that was going on yeah. at the time and the segregation and it's just yep. it's absolute brilliance and, and now he's got a fucking Chap- tap dancing robot Chappie i mean christ really bad it's a it bad, bad movie it's bad elysium is like mm, misses the mark okay chappy is a bad film like i don't know if you want to watch it just as in a case study of like, oh, this is what John Singleton disease looks like. <laughs> like it's, it's. Can I tell my John Singleton story really fast? Yes. Sure. I was bouncing at the House of Blues, and uh, I, I was John Singleton showed up, and I, I will just tell you, I was told not to talk to him um, because I was also told he does not care for white people. That was literally, the, and it was the other like black security guard dudes mm-hmm. who were like. Don't even, don't even. So we were outside, and he's he comes out and he's talking, he's being friendly, he's talking to all the the those dudes, and uh, he was remaking Shaft at the time, and and so they were asking him, they're like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I'm, I'm I'm about to start work on Shaft in like two weeks, and I looked at him and I go, you know what, John? I heard that Shaft is a bad mother, and he goes, take care, fellas, and he walks off. <laughs> totally, <laughs> literally, literally, it's just it's my favorite. I go, you know what? I heard that Shaft is a bad mother. Take care, fellas. Like I just like didn't even. I, I ended the conversation. He left the House of Blues <laughs> by trying to be fun, and and, he's, and literally all the other security guards look at me, just like, 
Way to go, Schmidt. Way, way to go, 454. I'm like, oh, God damn it. We told you. Yeah. We told you. You don't have to talk to Keep him. Keep Whitey. <laughs> it was great. Are they calling you 54 because of car 54? Four, Where are no, you? No, no. <laughs> idiot. Yeah. A lot of black security guards watching old Fred Gwynn sitcom. Just because it was in black and white doesn't mean blacks and whites watched it. Yeah, that's their reference, you fucking nerd. Hey, Car 54. Yeah, nice going, Car 54. Uh, I, think, I think that was Fred Grin's best work. <laughs> 454, yeah. sadly, was my... Uh, yeah, Big block. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's an engine thing. Never stops running. Mm-hmm. But Fred Gwynn never stopped either. No, he did not. <laughs> Car 54, where are you, Mike? That's what I'm asking on the did comms. Did you say Utes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right, and the other one is uh, Run All Night uh, on DVD. Now, you saw this one, right? I guess on a I plane. Yeah, it's a probably. Liam Neeson movie where he has oh, to run yeah, all night. Oh yeah, I did see this. Yeah, it's Liam Wait, Neeson. On the list, it's that's on here. Run all night. I thought that was the directions. If you watched Chappie, yes. <laughs> if someone asked you to watch Chappie, you were to run all night. <laughs> well, yes. If someone asked you to watch Chappie, get this Liam Neeson movie and watch him. You know, it's Liam Neeson. You know, whiskey and guns and fighting people mm-hmm. and whatever. It's just I, I keep making these Liam. Yeah. yeah, why not? <laughs> keep making them. I'm fine. Just keep doing this guy. I want you to be 85 years old going, I've got a certain set of skills, you know, whatever, <laughs> just as a pirate or whatever. I don't care. Like, if he was in Chappie, oh, so Liam Neeson is the star of Buccaneer he Savage. He certainly should be, right? <laughs> Get on your goddamn cell phone. How does it not happen? <laughs> All right. Somebody create that artwork. Buccaneer Savage. Starring, starring Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. We just signed him. <laughs> I got a particular set of skills. <laughs> You got a cutlass. Uh, well, now so. we just signed Liam Neeson a Buccaneer Savage. That movie will make money. Yeah, truly. Yes. Um, <laughs> all so, right. So, and we have um, the site spotlight. Um, C.J. Johnson has been doing a review blitz lately, yeah. even more than Neil. There's a ton of reviews from C.J. right now, and some contrary to what we're talking about, and mm-hmm. some uh, agreeing. Um, and also, the message words are getting more active. But I, one thing I want to mention about the site, we're still having a little trouble with uh, commenting on the actual articles. You can comment on them, but the uh, text color is still the same as the background color, so no one can read them yet. So we are working on Great. fixing that. That's but you can comment, but you may have to wait another couple days before other people would actually see your comments. But they do work, sort of. Thank you for all your um, guys' comments on the message. And I will say, too, I want to thank you guys, too. Um, we really appreciate you guys kind of QA things when they don't work and letting us know because we don't have a team of people that can go around and kind of poke the corners and you know kick the tires and so we got two guys in a hot garage yeah yeah <laughs> and it's <laughs> somewhere in the valley and we got to yeah. turn the air off during the recording and we're so. filling thrilling adventure hour dvd orders so we don't have time to uh go God bless and do those everything fans. um so basically um when you do see something wrong with the site or something's not working we really appreciate you guys emailing us and uh, it'll help us get fixed quicker all right uh and coming out this week inside out i'm very very excited to see this new Pixar movie. Um, the whole family is. We're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna go this weekend to see right. it, and uh, uh, maybe we'll do a spoiler up. Oh, really? Inside Out. Yeah, so you're yeah. Making me gonna have to go see it. Nah, I might. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Go maybe. All right, I'll see it. And um, the next one movie that's coming out this weekend is Manglehorn, and this is great. You can actually see. Which um, scripts Al Pacino is randomly picking? <laughs> There's an app for it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, which script will Al Pacino? Yeah. Dial Pacino script? Yeah. 
Hoorah! Well, maybe he'll be the bad guy in Buccaneer Savage. Oh, I got a set of skills! <laughs> <laughs> Al Pacino just has like a big screening room in his house, but it's not a film screening. It's actually the old Joker's wild set, and he just pulls a lever. <laughs> and once he hits two out of three, he goes and makes that movie. Joker, Joker, sports and games. Scarface 2, Manglehorn, Manglehorn! Hoo-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Manglehorn with a great ass. <laughs> I think that's uh, our second guest to do a Pacino impression. Really? Who's the yeah. first? Oh, it's got to be Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack. Yeah. You kidding me? Come All right. So, so he did one and I fucking yelled. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> he literally brought some craft and some talent to it. And I screamed great ass at the top of my lungs. <laughs> that's what got you the role in Buccaneer Savage, oh, friend. Yeah. Certainly. That's the audition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, uh, all right. So uh, That's the, our episode. we got a lot of work to we, do. We do. We do. Uh, we want to thank everyone for buying Thrilling Adventure Howard DVDs. We will be getting those out as soon as possible. We've gone through how many have we shipped so far? Seven hundred. Something like seven hundred DVDs we've yeah. sent out, um, which um, has been great. We have, and also we're 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 setting up uh, a tour, uh, a screening tour of earbuds in the fall. Uh, don't have any definitive dates, but we're tentatively doing uh, Australia mid. Early to mid October. That's what it's looking like. Yeah, um, yeah, we're looking at Sydney, Melbourne, and I'm going to probably be doing some stand up in Adelaide. So we might be able to set up a screening there. Um, CJ Johnson is helping us find some cool little indie theaters to actually screen it in Sydney in a theater. Uh, Melbourne might be more in like a comedy club venue, and we're hoping to screen and do uh, podcast recordings. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're just we're working and we'll on that. We'll have some special guests. Oh, yeah, we will have some special <laughs> guests. Uh, so we're working on that, guys, and then we're working on uh, Tokyo the end of October, and then going into Hong Kong and China and all that in November. And uh, we do want to say we will not be in Texas next month. This uh, didn't work yeah. out. No to podcast movement. We will not be there. Um, it just uh, it didn't work out. So uh, yeah, uh, come I to the, the whatever. Some, some, happened <laughs> there, not yeah, us. yeah. Wasn't us. Um, so anyway, check us out at the podcast festival. Make sure you come to that in September, uh, mm-hmm. eighteen to twenty. That's we will be there. And also, um, we have a lot of other stuff going on in the store. We're going to be adding um, Jackie Cation's comedy special. You can you'll be able to get that as a digital download very soon, probably within the next week or so. And we want to support, uh, thank everyone for supporting the store because this has really been helping us out. It's actually been helping pay um, earbuds bills, especially the post. Yep. <laughs> so the fact that you know you guys are buying stuff in the store, it is helping tremendously, especially if you're getting a Comedy Film Nerds book and you've got the, um, the Thrilling Adventure Hour DVDs. We've got lots of cool T-shirts. And since Mike is in the studio right now, the next 10 people who buy the uh, Comedy Film Nerds book will get the Mike Schmidt signature on it. Oh, oh. look at that, fancy. That's bags. right. So, uh, and Mike, of course, wrote um, a great chapter on superhero movies and a great chapter on sports movies. Thank you. So check it out. Uh, I think that's our episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Minneapolis. I will be headlining uh, Deep Inside of You this weekend at the Comedy Corner Underground. This is June 19 and 21 show, Friday to Saturday, uh, with the very funny local comic Andy Erickson. 
Uh, so check that out. It's a small venue, so t- tickets are going fast. Can I plug me? Yeah, real quick. Mm-hmm. Mike Schmidt, you know, what do you got going on? Well, yeah. nothing. What's just, coming uh, up? Well, you know, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, of course, there's all sorts of cool stuff there, and I got a Joe Business page where you can go buy stuff. There's the uh, link to Asylum. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> go to my I have an Amazon link. Don't use that. Mine, use theirs. Buccaneer <laughs> uh, Savage Kickstarter page. <laughs> right there soon. <laughs> it's more of a GoFundMe. I want to use whatever I get. I don't want to try to forefeit it. Um, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast, of course, available on iTunes. And uh, I will be in Pittsburgh at the Maker Theater on uh, August 1st. Nice! Saturday night, August 1st. Uh, that's a night with me and storytelling and uh, and uh, comedy. It's Is it a like hybrid. a 40-year-old boy live? Yeah. It's called, oh, well, it's just, you'll record and release it? No, that I will not. I mean, Because I, I, it's the first show of I'm hoping, hopefully many. I have other cities ah. that I'm talking to. It's just I got to find venues and all that kind of thing. But right now, for sure, Pittsburgh is happening August 1st. Show's at 8 o'clock at the Maker Theater. Uh, and tickets are available through brownpapertickets.com. Google me uh, or Google you know 40-year-old boy or put it in uh, Brown Paper Tickets and you will find my name and buy tickets. Come out and see me. I'll it's be a great show, guys, uh, to watch Mike live. And Pittsburgh, I've done some great shows there. I really like that. This time. is my first time. Oh, it's a blast. Good. And if I'm you excited. can, uh, if you got time, go to a Bucks game. Go to a. They're not in town. Oh. It's I, I have a, my. I will. Why not? I'll just say it. It's a whole week. I'm kind of going. I'm seeing Van Halen Tuesday night in Pittsburgh, and then I'm <laughs> wow, seeing the really? Phillies in Philadelphia on Thursday, and then uh, doing the show Saturday. So it's I'll be I'll be in your I'll be at the Hershey factory eating like a fucking idiot. And I'll be, <laughs> I'm there all week. You're going to go to Hershey Park? Uh, yes, to- I am. That's one of the days for sure. It's it's my birthday week. So oh, my, I've, been, I've been to the Philly Stadium too. That's another It's great so great. Yeah. yeah and, it's uh, a great stadium. Yeah, Jill, Jill got me tickets for all mm. of this and just she's like handed me a bunch of bags and she's like, here, I've got all this. And I'm like, holy Cheese God. Cheesesteaks, soft pretzels. Should be amazing. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm Tasty great. And, and it's going, mm. but she her thing was you have to do a show while we're there. So I scheduled a show August first at the Maker Theater. It's the, uh, the you know Unleash the Beast Tour 2015. Come see me. Yeah. Awesome. Come see Mike live, you guys. Tickets to Brown Paper Tickets. Um, your Twitter handle? Go to uh, twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Go to facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. And uh, I'm also on Periscope and Instagram and all that nonsense. And, and find me there and, and see pictures or photos and us talking. Sweet. Yeah, I'm, I just started Periscope as well. I Periscoped the uh, beginning of this episode. So if, you, if, you're, if you're new to Periscope, Check it out. I I I do. I just I love Periscope because I'll just be sitting at home going, ah, I'm gonna let's let's talk about the end of Rambo three. I just <laughs> I just live stream it and talk about it. So, uh, all right, guys, uh, follow us on the Twitter, the Facebook at Comedy Film Nerds, um, Instagram, uh, and and all of that. So even uh, it's a free way to you know following. We're actually on Pinterest too. We're on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Following us, guys, is a free way because those actual as a performer. Uh, numbers, numbers of followers you have has a value. Yeah, it yeah, does. I'm finding that out. So, um, <laughs> so following uh, is a great way to help. All right, guys, thank you so much. And subscribing on the iTunes too. To iTunes, positive reviews, all that yep. stuff's helped. Um, all right, guys, uh, that's our show. Thank you, Mike Schmidt. Thanks, guys. My name is Graham Elwood, and I'm Chris Mancini. As always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.